So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where the Curry Army share their thoughts on all things town. I hope you all had a good week. I'm joined this week by good old Mark Beck and the King of the North, John Watson, as we discuss all things town. Five wins in a row, six clean sheets, a club record. It's all going well at town. Um, let's go over to good old Mark Beck, first of all. Always a pleasure, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a little while, either on here or at game day. I've been, I've been avoiding you, I promise. But um, no, it's all going rosy. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a weird situation to be in as an Ipswich Town fan. I've almost been lost for words because we've been that good that I've had nothing really to say after a game. It's kind of just been fairly routine wins, which is generally not the Ipswich way. We usually try and make it a little bit difficult for ourselves. But no, as you said, you know, six clean sheets, five straight wins. It's very uncharted territory, especially with that last result at Bolton. You know, things are looking rosy as we go into the end of the season. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Indeed, yes. It's getting tougher and tougher doing these podcasts now, trying to think of things to talk about. But we're still here and we've got plenty to talk about on the agenda, so do not worry. Um, and um, before we get on to John Watson, hello, John, we'll get to you in a minute. Um, I know you're a big gig um going what's the word just giga you like to go to gigs mark you've been to a recent yeah giga i don't know is that that what you call it i've been seeing you've been going to gigs um what what was it on sunday or monday you went to a gig i went on monday it was a band called the lathams i was i had to go across the border for that so i did have to take my passport um yeah they're very good wigan based band if you like sort of your indie rock they kind of like their their old school bands they they're very into like beautiful south um house martin sort of people so if you like that sort of thing they're a good little band that's the lathams um if you want to listen to them but yeah no you know more gigs to come in in the summer hopefully i'll have a promotion to kick it all off and yeah nice summer of music as well definitely and i know we've got john watson here he's a keen drummer back in the day i'm sure, I'm sure you still do if you can but john always a pleasure i saw you in bolton um you were there to be my bodyguard just in case any bolton fans kicked off um in the background we were worried when we were doing an interview but yeah how's things my friend yeah all good thanks mate you got a bit of a cold so i'm a bit croaky i think i got a bit of the, the cold um air in bolton in my lungs as i was screaming and shouting and enjoying what was a great um great solid performance and professional performance on saturday that certainly was a, a real nice tonic um really enjoyed that not just you know like i said to you on saturday ross it wasn't just because we won the game it was because we were up against it and and it was one of those games that typically we wouldn't ordinarily win and it gives you hope doesn't it and so as mark said you know rather than we're not getting carried away we're not being silly but 10 games to go we're in it and Let's see where it takes us, and it's very exciting. So that's that was a really good start to the week. Uh, work's been a bit stressful this week, but hey, it's good to be talking to you guys this evening and talking about all things town. So thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure to have good old King of the North, John Watson. And um, as John said, 10 games to go. We have entered the running, boys. Um, Mark Beck. We're in a position that we're normally not in when we're in League One. Normally this is the time when we're like, oh, here we go. Number season League One beckons, but the running is here. Um, third in the league, two points away from Plymouth. How are you feeling as we're going into these 10 games? Um, nervous because I just think that's natural as an Ipswich fan. We're just waiting for the wheels to fall off at some point. But no, I mean, it, like I just said, it's really strange to be in this position, you know, to come into. I can remember after the Oxford game, and there's, you know, a lot of glum. And negativity around the fan base. We kind of thought we'd we'd seen the story a million times before that we've put ourselves earlier in, in the season in a good position to do something and just completely, you know, thrown it away. But you know, we all the people trying to remain positive are all saying, well, if we can go on a run, we've got a good run of fixtures. If we go into this, you know, get a good amount of wins together in a row. And then come to this running that we've got now, which you know start kind of started last week. Um, you know we, we can really be in a chance, and it's it's amazing for us to actually be in this position. As much as you look at the games that we've had prior to Bolton, you go, we probably should be winning those three now. It's it's we've seen it time and time again at League One; those results don't happen. 
But regardless of whether you get promoted or not, the teams that win the league don't always necessarily, well, it seems a bit different this year, but they don't always seem to trounce the opposition at times. There is always stumbling blocks in the way. But no, um, you know, a few results have gone our way, which again has not always been something that we've had this season, but we're right back in it now. Um, we've got to just keep that pressure on on Plymouth now. Um, obviously, there's been a bit of a change to the fixture list and there'll be a few more, you know, things that will, will change along the way, I'm sure, and in this run-in that we've got. But, you know, we've just got to take it game by game. We're going to use someone that I, someone that I speak to on a regular basis. They always quote Whitney Houston, taking it step by step. So that's what we're going to have to do. Just take each game as it comes, get all the football cliches out of the way, you know, and just see where we are. Um, we, You know, the reason we, if we do our bit and Plymouth end up pipping us by those two points, well, we can't say fair enough than that if that, you know, if we end up doing all we can to, to try and get ourselves in the automatics. But I think we're in a good place for the playoffs. Um, I think as much as I wasn't there on Saturday, that's such a big statement of a, of a win, something that we haven't done. I think everyone was expecting, oh, well, here we go. We've won four, four on a trot against teams we should beat. We'll go up to Bolton and put in, you know, a, a pretty much of a shadow of a performance of what we've been used to the last few weeks. And no, you know, we, we came through it. And I think it's going to be a big, that, that might be the turning point. That could actually be the difference between promotion, whether that be automatics or playoffs or not getting promoted at all. You've got to go that, go and do that, you know, go and beat teams at their place that are going to be there at the end of the season. So, yeah, um, nervous, but optimistic as always. As always. And uh, John Watson, I know you're excited this running. Um, how are you feeling then, my friend? We've got momentum for the first time at this stage yeah. of the season. You know, five wins in a row. Hopefully that continues. How are you feeling? Yeah, excited. A little bit apprehensive. Every, I agree with everything Mark said um, there. There's you know, lots of sense spoken as always. Um, for me, looking at Chef Webb, they are just doing the 1-0 hard four, keeping a tight shape, you know, not conceding, kind of doing what it says on the tin, a bit like Rodham have done in the past or, you know, that kind of, that not necessarily attractive way of winning, but doing what we need to and, you know, but a few weeks ago, we were looking at Plymouth going, oh, they never lose, they're, they're on great form. That's what other teams are doing to us right now. You know, what is it now? Is it, we say, 14 goals in five games, five clean sheets? People are looking at us thinking, um, there's six clean sheets now, isn't it? 16 goals, I think. I'm trying yeah. to get the maths. Think yeah, so. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, all clean sheets. Just to get the stats, we're doing really well, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're scoring lots of goals and conceding none. And um, I think other teams will be looking at us. Like the Bolton fan we spoke to at the end of the game day, Ross, and it was typical of the other people we interacted with and reading a few things. I know Twitter is like a weird place and not always the, the best uh, judge of what the real mood, but I think Plymouth fans are, are, are nervous. They're seeing us on the tails and Barnsley on the tails. It's not It's not just us. They're looking and going, oh, suddenly we're not winning away from home. And what happens if we start losing at home? I've seen that kind of comment. So it's nice for us to be, um, you know, the, the hunter rather than the hunted, as, uh, as we've joked about in the past. Um, but I don't think Bolton will want to play us in the playoffs if we don't get automatic. It was They'll be worried because we've just had that statement winner. And we deserve that. So, you know, Derby out of form and that kind of thing. You know, there's only really... I'm more worried about Barnsley as the, the other team than I am about anybody else. Um, so imagine if we go... If we, if we keep doing a good job and I know we're going to talk later on about the rearranged fixture, but imagine we've got a lot of more wins under our belt before we have to go and play them in late April. You know, maybe a draw will be fine. Maybe that's one defeat. If even if we get defeat, you know, we might have won another few games before then. So um, let's just build, build on the confidence, really, because you know. So I think we, were, you know, the Bristol Rovers game after the Oxford game was everybody was down and it was like oh frustrating, and the optimist in me, like like everybody else, would be saying we could just go on a little run, we could get maximum points 
in four home in four games in a row, and then maybe do well against Bolton. You know, it was it felt almost like a wish and a hope rather than a reality because that doesn't happen. We don't go on runs like that. We just have. That's brilliant. You know, um, we've had that run to get us back up there. What we need to do is have that run again to to make it really secure. So it's exciting, isn't it? Um, and then hopefully at the end of the season, um, I'm trying to think of a Whitney Houston quote to follow yours, Mark. Um, we'll be either winning at Wembley or getting promoted and I'll be saying, I want to dance with somebody. I mean, that's the best I can do. Or If it's town, I will always love you. There you go. There's two bad Whitney. Uh, yeah, it's just an exciting time to be a town fan, mate. Um, loving it. I'm really pleased to be um, getting to as many games as I can and being part of it. Um, just, it's great, isn't it? We, we actually are delivering. And the reality is, we could still get better. We could still do, eat, and that's that's good. You know that that feels really good. So exciting times. Try not to get carried away, but it's more than hope. It's it's based on a bit of reality now. We've gone and proven that we can win at tough places. We've gone and proven we can go on a run. We've we've stopped conceding silly goals at the moment. I'm not saying we'll shut out for the rest of the season, but hey, we've proven we can do that, and that gives. People like Walton confidence, people like the, the back four as a whole or the team as a whole confidence that we can do that. So that belief and that momentum are key, I think. Really, really pleased with that. Definitely, definitely, my friend. I just just love seeing John there, his face. If you're watching on video, just beaming with a massive smile on his face. And Mark as well. We're just, we're just yeah. As I say, we're not getting carried away, but yeah. We're just happy. We're happy. Um, well, there's a few fans that may not have been that happy about the postponement of the Barnsley game because international call-ups. Um, congratulations to Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead called up to Wales. Um, as of this recording, we don't know who the third man is, um, although we think it could be Greg Lee or Sam Morsey. Um, so congrats to them in advance if they have been called up. But the Barnsley game um, is been postponed. Of course, was going to originally be played on the 25th of March. It's now going to be played on the 25th of April, April. is that right? Yeah, April. Yeah. So, yeah, just yeah, just basically a month to go, really. Um, but that does mean we have no game for that weekend. But, Mark, your thoughts on that? We had this before under Paul Lambert. Sorry to bring up his name. The name shouldn't be named. But um, back in the day, in our first League One campaign, we kept postponing games because we had under-21s getting called up, blah, blah, blah. But um, where's Burns, Nathan Broadhead? They're starters. And if it's Sam Morsey, he, he's our captain. So your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think if it's any other team in division, it's a it's a no-brainer. They do exactly the same thing. If you the shoe was on the other foot and we had none, and you look at Barnsley and you take out Nicky Cadden, Adam Phillips, and, you know, Devante Cole or James Norwood, they're calling that off, like, without a shadow of a doubt. So it's very different to the you know, the Lambert era where it seemed to be like he'd go and find anyone he could off the street and see if he could get it called off. It seemed like, I don't know why, but, you know, less said about that, the better really. But no, um, a little bit of a shame um, in terms of it could have, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns between now and the end of the season. I think Barnsley play Wickham on Saturday, which is going to be potentially that may follow on from a Bolton defeat at Sheffield Wednesday. So Wickham will be right up for that if that's the case, because they're right on the tails of Bolton. And then I think Barnsley have got to go to, they've got to host Sheffield Wednesday in midweek as well. So potentially Barnsley could have gone into the game with us off the back of not winning the, the previous two games. But for us, like you said, we can't go into that game risking it with three of our starters potentially not in the team. Um, it's going to be a rest period, which is something that a lot of teams aren't going to have. I know we're moving the fixture into the next month, but having that will probably be 10 days off will make a big difference. Um, we've still got bodies coming back. John John Jules can't be that far away, I hope, anyway. Um, Don Balls, obviously, he was on the bench on Saturday. He'll be closer to first-team fitness. Kamara might be about, not sure how about Lee Evans, but you know, we'll be having all those those names coming back into it for that rearranged fixture. And who knows? Um, it's a day before my birthday. If that's a promotion decider, then no pressure, lads. But I want a good birthday present from you. Definitely, definitely. Do you know one thing? Um, I'm not defending any 
opposition fans sort of saying, oh, they're only they've got a massive squad, they've got squad depth, they should be fine. But I was thinking, if it is on the other foot in terms of like, if we had injuries, if we had say like those three players are out injured, we wouldn't call off the game, would we? Because yeah, you couldn't. I don't think there's a rule about that. No, so no. Um, that's just my quick take on that. But I, I'm, once again, I'm not defending that, but I'm just sort of saying that you know. But John, your thoughts on it as, as a whole? Listen, it's it's the rule. It's the EF rule, EFL rule. If you have three players called it for international um, duty, you can call the game off. We're not breaking any rules. If you t- like, Mark said, you take three starters out of any team, you know. Yes. I mean, would Man City prefer to have De Bruyne, Haaland and Edison or whoever, you know, in their team or outside the team? We're going to choose the best the best team they can. Will it stop momentum? Well, it might, but it might give us a chance to rest. Other players, it might make that game less important because other things might have taken care of themselves by that point. Who knows? It is what it is. There's no point stressing about it. On a personal level... I obviously live in Donny, so it's not far from Barnsley. It's one of the games I'm going to. Um, I would have preferred it being on a Saturday. I know some of the fan social boys who were going to be up, we're going to have a beer and a curry afterwards. That's not going to happen now because some people aren't going to be able to get there. That's the disappointing thing on a on a personal human level, you know. But um, grand scheme of things, it's, it's a fixture away. Let's just deal with it. The most important thing is we need to concentrate on our own performance on the pitch. Stop worrying about other teams still, you know. I've talked about Plymouth and, you know, whatever. We need to win our games when we play our games. And it doesn't matter which order we play them in, because that's just the order they're in. We just have to get on with it, crack on. Like, Shrewsbury first. There's no point worrying too much about Barnsley. Let's do the Shrewsbury game and then take it from there. Um, Because if we start looking too far ahead, that's when maybe we don't grind out the 1-0 that we need or turn on the style and get a 3-0 or whatever it is because we're too busy looking at other fixtures. Let's just do the right thing. Ultimately, it's the right call. So, just get on with it. Yeah, pretty much. Ignore the haters, the haters, the opposition teams who are saying, Town have got a massive squad. How are they calling this game off? But it, it, once again, if it, if they had that situation, I'm sure they would, I think Plymouth, they called off the game in September. So, because um, they had international call-ups. So, so yeah. Um, but let's talk about the... The announcement as well that uh, Town put out about the new ticketing priority system, um, which is going to apply for the visits to Cheltenham, Peterborough and the final day clash of Fleetwood. Um, of course, it depends on, you know, maybe the Fleetwood game. That could be a massive game in terms of like, will we get top two? Will we, you know, playoff or playoff should be confirmed before then. But in terms of will, will that be a top two um, decider? Um, what's your thoughts on this, then, Mark? Once again, it's probably divided by the fan base as, once again because of situations for people like... I'm sure a lot of people love to go to away games, but they've got work and other commitments. What's your thoughts on it as a whole? Um, I think it can only really be seen as a positive thing because probably you go back four or five years ago, we probably couldn't give away tickets away in a happy meal, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's good to see the demand there. It's clearly showing that people are enjoying football again. You know, that that's the most important thing. Whether you're winning or losing is most important that you're enjoying it. And this season alone has been, you know, one of the most memorable of my time as a town fan. That's very depressing to say. Other people have had a lot better time than I have as a town fan. But no, um, yeah, it is unfortunate for certain people. I I completely understand that, you know, it's difficult. But I've been to, I think, up to 12 away games, I think, this season. Uh, I missed a few. But there's people who are more of a diehard fan than I am. Like if we if we said right, we're not going to play the the Barnsley game. We're going to have a, a friendly in Estonia. There'd be people there, like guaranteed. So those people absolutely deserve to be rewarded and have the opportunity to guarantee their place at every game. But you know, it, it's purely because of this this league that we're in. You go to Cheltenham, you only get a thousand fans. You go to Fleetwood, you only get a thousand fans, you know, and we're selling out home games or at least getting 24,000 for most home games as a minimum. So there's always going to be difficulty if you, you can't even get 10% of your fan base from your home games into your, into your away games in that instance. Well, whether this will continue, should we be promoted? I don't know. I think it's kind of just maybe a test run to see how it goes. But, you know, it's good that they're 
doing something to reward the people that have been there for the whole journey. Um, but yeah, I do feel sorry for the people that are going to miss out on some of the fun along the way, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, as you said, it's just the division we're in. Some of the smaller grounds we go to, yeah, as you mentioned, Cheltenham, Fleetwood, you know, that we only get a thousand. You know, luckily Derby and the likes of that, we are, I know it's not coming in to play with this um, system, but at least with Derby and Barnsley, you know, they, we were able to fit three thousand. You know, MK, we could have probably fifteen thousand if we wanted to. We got seven in the end. Um, but yeah, John, your thoughts on, on this? It's hard. I'm just trying to count up how many games I've been to, um, away games. I think I'm at nine. Mm-hmm. So that says something done it for me on a personal level. Um, no, I'm actually at 10. I'm actually at 10. If you're counting cup games, do Burnley away count? Oh, that's away. I, think, mm. I don't know if they count it. Will they count it? I'm sure you've got to count that. The problem is I've um, got a friend with a gold card who's paid for or well, got me one of the tickets for um it's a derby game so that's not in my name so actually that probably takes me down to nine so hey i live away from ipswich so i go over the last what 37 years 39 years whatever it is my god um i've gone to a lot of away games more than i've gone to um, home games it's only since covid finished i've come to Pullman road more frequently more often um but i've always come down a couple of times a year and it's sneaked up to 10 times a year and I'm just whispering that case, my wife can hear me. Um, yeah, so I go to more away games, and I always have, but I absolutely understand the fairness of saying the people who go to home and away, you know, I, it's going to probably frustrate some people who live, you know, if if you live near one of those places and that's your game you can go to and suddenly you can't get a ticket, that's going to be frustrating. But for the people who go to every home game and have a season ticket and go to the vast majority of away games, they... It's not that they're the better fans because different points in your life, you might have the income to do that. You might have family issues that stop you from doing that or job that stops you. You know, phases of your life, as my dad would say, is like you, you, different points. You can do different things. When I was at university, I couldn't afford to go to as many games. When I was working, I started going to more. And then when my kids were really little, I couldn't justify being away as much as I can now they're growing up a little bit. So... It, it, it swings and roundabouts, but it's ultimately it's fair, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the the big takeaway from that is we're popular. You know, when we were in the Premier League, I managed to go to Anfield and um, got a ticket for that. I didn't manage to get Man United, but I managed to go to Anfield, and I was just a silver club member or what the equivalent back then. Um, managed to go to Leeds, managed to go to Goodison, managed to go, you know, lots St James's, Stadium Light, or didn't have a problem getting tickets, but actually, you know, I'm having a problem getting tickets to the League One. That says something, isn't it? That, that's it. That says the club are doing something right. But equally, I couldn't get a ticket for Cambridge. I would love to go to Cambridge, but I just, I was not able to because lots of, obviously, it's close to the Ipswich. It's it's an hour less drive for me than coming to Portman Road, but I couldn't get a ticket. And that's just the way it is. I mean, what do you do? You just crack on. There's no point whinging. It is what it is. I, I, I think a couple of people will be. I've seen some people being like, "Oh, the true fans deserve it." Well, is it a true fan if you go to all the games? Because you know, you might listen to the I follow commentary. You listen, listen to all the podcasts that you possibly can, and you you think about your team and you, how miserable you are or how happy you are. That might show what a fan you are. I believe I'm a proper fan, true fan, whatever that means, but. Not everybody can fit in the ground, can they? So, just crack on. Yeah, definitely. I think we all we all love the club, love Ittrich Town. Um, you know, a lot of people they, you know got work and got commitment, so you can only maybe go to a few away games a season. Um, but yeah, I'm sure everyone's going to support the team going forward. And yeah, as you said we've got all this great technology now. You can watch the game wherever you are. Um, in Luxembourg and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yes, boys, well, let's um, segue now onto the strike. Um, as always, the set piece of the podcast. Four questions plus the tiebreaker, as always. Mark Beck versus Johnny Watson. Um, of course, as ever, play at home. Let me know how you get on um, and who will be crowned champion this week. We've got uh, four questions based on, of course, birthdays and Shrewsbury Town. And the first question is on Vladio Bozganowski. I think I said that right. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. 
A player from the 90s, Mark. I, I wasn't born when he played. Do, do you know him, John? Not the way you pronounced it, but... I, 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 um, yeah. 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 Vladio Bozanowski. Bozanowski, I don't know. I don't know. It, good old Vladio, who was capped for Australia, but was from Yugoslavia um, and all that stuff. Um, but oh. that, that isn't the question. The question is, he joined town from which country? So he's playing in a country um, and he signed from a Portuguese club, a team from Holland, or an Italian club. So, Vladio Bozganovsk. No, fuck him up. Vladio. <laughs> so, uh, yes, he joined the country. Yes. I think there's a picture of him with somebody. I think with Boncho Gwenchev. I think they signed sort of similar time. Uh, so... I'm, I'm having a senior moment because I'm looking at that name thinking I should be able to recall that. I'm just going, I've never heard of him. What's going on with my head? Um, he, he signed in the first Premier League season, so 1992 93. And he played, I think, 12 games or something in total. Um, so not many games, but played in the Premier League for us. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know him really, Mark, only from research. Because I wasn't born. When I think it was I was there and sit, probably seen him play, and would, yeah. I'm, I'm just going no information on this. It's fine. Um, just I guess that's why I thought this is a perfect question. Really, is like, oh, John may know. Okay, he's gone Holland. You both gone yeah. Holland. Both gone yeah. Holland. I just thought we usually sign people from Holland. Um, it was actually Portugal. He signed yeah. from Biarramar. I've, I've butchered that completely as well, but a Portuguese club. Um, he was at Sporting Lisbon briefly. Um, sure. but yeah, he played a lot actually, and not in um, Portugal. Played also in Belgium, um, of course, Australia, where he moved. He also played in Singapore, um, Turkey. Um, but you're both wrong. So there we go. If you got it right, well done. If you did, um, question two. Well done. Yes, yes, well done. Uh, question two is on another very vague town player, more modern. Danny Rowe. Remember Danny Rowe? Oh yeah. Um, his brother, his brother played as well, didn't he? Yes. But um, Tommy Rovers, I've seen him yeah, yeah, Tom, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy, yeah, Tommy Rowe. Yeah, Tommy Rowe. Yeah. And then there is a, another Danny Rowe, isn't there? Because we, we were linked with that Danny Rowe as well. Like, okay. Rowe. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he was a random signing from Mick because he signed from a non-league and then, yeah, which is a random signing. But um, what is his middle name then, boys? <laughs> is it George... Martin. I, was say, I, was, I hope it was going to be where did you sign him from because I could tell you that straight off. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that question before. I think when Danny Rose come up on the strike because I thought oh, I've got to mix it up. So uh, Daniel, Danny Rowe, the Itchwich Danny Rowe, not the other Danny Rowe. If you want to know his middle name is Lucas and the other Danny Rowe. Um, but um, but yeah, what is this Danny Rowe's name? Middle name is it George Martin or Stephen? So remember in your heads, sort of go Danny George Rowe. Danny Martin Rowe or Danny Stephen Rowe? What do you reckon, then, boys? One of you, if you get it right, you'll get a point. If you get both get it right, then you get both get it right. I've gone for George. Oh, I've gone George. <laughs> You've both got George. I can see John's sheet from below me. I'm looking oh, yeah. down. Ooh, looking down. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't copy because um, you're both wrong. Um, it's Martin. <laughs> it's Martin Rowe. We're um, doing well today, Mark, aren't we? Consistent, thank you. Yeah. Very much so. Um, question three is on squad numbers and it's on Mauricio Tarico. Now, you, we only had um, squad numbers in the 90s when you played in the Premier League. And I think Tarico only actually had this squad number for one game, which was his debut against Bolton. Um, and, you know, apparently he was very bad. Were you there, John? Did you watch his debut? Or do, you, do you remember the time? Apparently it wasn't a great debut from him, but of course he went on to become a, a cult hero. I wasn't there at his debut. I remember seeing him play at White Hart Lane. And, um, and I, 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 yeah, I've seen him play loads of times, but I, I wasn't there at the Bolton game. Though. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, yeah because, because of course he was number three, but then that was just, we just had one to 11 back then. But um, he had one squad number. Was it 18, 21 or 24? Um, so, yeah. I had to do the I had to really dive dive right into my stats for this one to find the squad number. Um, well, I was convinced it was going to be thirty three. So what the hell do I know? I've got twenty four. Twenty one. Oh, we actually have a correct answer this time yeah. around, 
And it is John Watson. It is 24. John Watson, number 24 there. So a point goes to Johnny Watson. Um, And the final question, can Mark Beck pull a um, goal back and go into a tiebreaker? Or is John going to make it 2-0? Or could it just be both wrong and it'll just be a 1-0 victory for John? Um, Matthew Pennington is, um, of course, returning to Portland Road with Shrewsbury. He's now finally got his own permanent home because he was on loan with us and other clubs and Shrewsbury. Then he signed Fulham permanently last season. Um, he scored one goal for town and also got sent off. But who set him up for his goal against Birmingham in 2018? Was it Grant Ward, John Nolan or Guion Edwards? My boy, my former boy. Not my boy anymore because he turned out to be rubbish. And Yeah, anyway. Sorry, see you. Sorry, Guion. Sorry, Guion. Wes Burns is better. Um, but yeah, I think it was a header. So whoever you think would take corners, I think it was from a corner. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't actually. Two, two away. Yeah, two two away. Yeah, he got sent off. I think late on. I think that season, like Toto, also got sent off, didn't he? And then he he scored in that game. Is his only goal for town, but he also got sent off in that game against Sheffield Wednesday, which should have been a red card. But that's another story for another day. But um, yeah, Grant Ward, John Nolan, or Grill Edwards. I like Pennington when he played for us. I thought he. Yeah. he was I was the ball when it was on the floor. <laughs> it just went to like. Bill Jones tried to do the same thing, didn't he? Once, yeah, he's trying to like he's falling on his ass and he's just trying to do something as opposed yeah. to nothing. Brilliant. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, now, John, I'll let you go first as you're winning, so take it away. Who, who what have you gone for? I actually think it's Gregor Edwards, but I've gone for John Nolan. Okay. I've also gone for John Nolan because he scored a hell of a goal in that game as well. I remember, did um, you're both wrong, it's yeah. actually Grant Ward. Yeah, yeah, he's still playing for us, yeah. Yeah. Um, so John, you you've you've won. Um hmm. it kind of limped over the line there. Yay, but um <laughs> yeah. Um I, but let's do the tiebreaker. I'm ready to throw it in because I don't feel I deserve victory here. This is like all you know. I I blame the questions. Yeah, maybe maybe this wasn't my best effort in terms of question. We, we it started badly with Vladio. Bosganovsky or everybody Yeah, just making people up. Um, I'm not making up this person, though. Um, Sam Parkin. How many goals did he score in 22 games for town? So, uh, John, Mark's got to get his bang on to win. Um, If he gets closest, he doesn't win. I don't know. It'll be 1-1. Ooh, no, but you've won. John might know because he was very good away from home, but not very good at home, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, true that. 22 games, I think, probably not, I'm sure, I think he wanted to probably play more games, but he had injury problems, didn't he, and stuff like that. Very good pundit these days, of course. Yeah, yeah I, I like him as a pundit. He's yeah. grown on me. He's one of those people who's got better with experience and time, and he, he speaks a lot of sense, actually. Definitely. Right. But, um, but, yeah, just, I think, I think he does talk about his town time. He's disappointed about how it went, but I think, you know, he's still, he's still got fond memories of it, because um, it's just what it is. Um, but yeah, how many goals do you reckon? Then? At the end of this country, if you ever seen that series, yes, yeah. great, that's a great it's series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, it was um, the actress who plays one of the main characters, she just always got Swindon shirts yeah, on, she? Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, that's it's so funny, especially if you're used to living in rural places, it's so on the nose. Yeah, I like it. She's, she's mad as a hatter as well, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, this country, good recommendation for the TV recommendation right there. Beautiful. Um, all right then, Mark, I'll let you go first. What you gone for, and then we'll go to John. Six. Six. Okay, John. I go for four. Four in between. Um, Sally Mark, you are not got it spot on. It's five. So you oh. one away. One away. Five and twenty-two games. That's not mm. What's that? It's One in bad. every. That's just hard, when it? It got to replace Chef Gikuchi in it. Like, yeah. It's not good, yeah. is it? Was it Nicky Foster came in at the same time? You know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. He scored he in his day. You know, when we talk about replacing successful players, players who had probably the best spells and things were going their way, and then the team was weaker, and we brought in players who were a different style as well. And although he's a. And uh, was it on? It was Blue Monday, I think. I had an interview with him, and he yeah, really, um, really, really, really listened. 
and he and he talked um, really well about his time at town and how he hoped it would work out and how he really wanted to work. It, it wasn't through lack of effort, but I think there's a from what I kind of recall from living through it and looking back on it, there's a quite sad that. He, he was always most missold his role, like because he was a big guy. They expected him to be able to do some of the things that he wasn't quite able to do, and he was better with his feet than people gave him credit for. And and things just didn't go, didn't fall for him, you know. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, he did score twice at, at Leeds, Ellen Road. So that's not not a bad little away day. Um, I was there. Remember. Yeah, I was there. Yep. Yeah, I think I, I may have been there as a young a youngster. Um, possibly, I'm trying to remember. Mm. I was probably the loud northerner swearing behind you, Ross. That you, yeah, probably. You, yeah, 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 yeah. I probably was going to my, my friend because my friend dad used to take us, and um, I probably was like saying, Gary, what's he saying? How are you, man? Get stuck in, man. Probably, probably. Well, there we go, John. You have one, my friend. Um, a speech as ever. Oh. <laughs> I think I'll just say thanks very much for my look, my lucky way the hard lines, Marcus. We're both pretty pants, weren't we? To be fair, we need to compare that to an Ipswich game where have we won, but we've been absolutely rubbish. Mm. Not saying that was rubbish, John, but yeah, no, that that was enough to shin, wasn't it? Really, it yeah, wasn't like sure, a yeah. eighteen-yard strike, it wasn't a. I'll tell you what, Ben Pring. I don't remember who you play, but Ben, ben Pringle Pring- scored a tackle once. Yeah, yeah, we won one nil under Mick. And Ben Preston, Pringle think, just tackled yeah, Preston, the ball when it went in. Preston away, I think. Yeah, so I think that was one of his one goal. Or oh, Huddersfield. I don't know why I remember two Ben Pringle's goals. I think it was Preston and Huddersfield. I think. Or it's Aaron Drynan. Aaron Drynan against Crew. His only goal for town, I think. Aaron Drynan, and he basically just yeah, it's just there, and he just yeah, bundled it in. Bundled it in pretty much. Sorry, Peefy. I know he's your boy, um, Aaron Drynan. Is he still playing for Orient? I don't hear nothing about him anymore. Yeah, I think he is. I don't think he's a main man up top for them. Um, of course, of course, Idris Almazuni is the main man in the field right. for them, doing really well. Um, let me quickly get up Aaron Drynan's stats, as, as always. Always good. Um, hasn't scored since October. Um, he's it, it, in and out of their team. Um, but, but yeah, Aaron Drynan. Oh. Time to change but quickly in some ways. Do you think what we had... Drynan and Ollie Hawkins not that long ago. And now, yeah. you know. Well, that I summer, that summer window, awful. David Cornell, Stephen Ward, and Ollie Hawkins. And then from this well, summer. The January window, window is bad as well. The January window I'm, as well. I still remember that. Whoever that uh, I follow cameraman was, the Josh Harrop shot against Swindon away, where like he skies, like when you say sky it, it's like, People say sky in it and they just hit it over the bar. He it goes out of the stadium, but in the most pathetic way, it like trickles and trundles just out of the ground. It's one of the best bits of like cinematography I've seen at a football game. Brilliant. Hope you won an award for that. Hope you won an award for that. Well, that sort of segues nicely, actually, boys. Look at that. Love that. Love that. Um, it's talking about okay, we've got an informed side, you know, it's a fantastic football team. I think we enjoy watching. Uh, of course, Kieran McKenna came out recently and spoke about, he says his informed side of scope to improve. Is there anything you think we need to improve on in these 10 games? Um, we've improved the, you know, sloppy defending and, you know, a few other moments, maybe not scoring as much as we should be. Um, but Mark, anything you think we should improve on just to make sure we get maximum points in these 10 games? I think it's mainly composure. Um, I think, you kind of alluded to it, and a big moment in that Bolton game was the penalty save. And they're kind of two moments actually that come from that are in sort of what we need to work on. And one, we actually showed aspects of that. So, composure is probably the first thing where you think when things go against us or our backs are against the wall, we just need to keep our heads, you know, cooler heads prevail and keep playing our game, try and remain solid and, you know, not do silly things. You know, I think you'll. You look at it and as Kieran said, that was, you know, we kind of lost our heads a little bit and the tackle from Burgess is, I mean, it's a bit ludicrous really. I don't really know what it was thinking for the penalty, but, you know, we've seen at times that that has happened. I mean, we're still all scarred from Charlton away. I think that's a prime example of that where, if anything, it was the opposite. I think we got a bit too comfortable. You know, the experienced heads all came up and started celebrating at the end of the game. 
probably a bit prematurely and then lo and behold it come back to bite us in the end um another thing i think i would like to see us for all our good and excellent play um you kind of still need to be able to grind out the wins and do the dirty stuff so i think a lot's been made of how we delayed that penalty kick from being taken so obviously christian walton doing a little bit of dirty stuff with the penalty spot and, and Chaplin and Wolfie getting on at the referee. It all makes a difference as maybe some people don't want to see that, but I mean I remember reading um, Arnold Mirren and Franz Tyson's book it mentions in there where I think Arnold Mirren flicked mud off his boots at the ball when it was on the penalty spot at Anfield to disrupt the penalty kick. Even the best players in the world do dirty stuff sometimes so yeah just those moments that need to see us through games I think we just need to work on the only other thing if I'm being picky I think the final ball sometimes is still a little bit lacking particularly from the right hand side I know Wes Burns has got a lot of flack this season I think he's got a little bit better not necessarily in the air I think some of his crosses still a bit wayward when they're in the air same with Caden Jackson just needs to get his head up sometimes he gets he's so quick and he gets so far ahead that he just kind of has to hit the ball across and hope someone's there. But no, I mean we're being very picky here, and I think Kieran McKenna's being very tactical with his choice of words. I think he's very happy with the month, but he can't say that. He can't say that in the press because you know when you go and lose your next game, that's when that sort of comments come back to bite you. So. No, just composure and the dark hearts. That would be the two for me if I was to pick anything. Yeah, we, we've been very picky here, but I just thought it was a nice little conversation to have because, yeah, even though we've been in form or winning games here, there and everywhere, but you always got to be a little bit picky still on your team. And um, one thing, John, we don't need to be picky about is, of course, set pieces. We're scoring M for fun, although there's times where I'm thinking, oh, that's not a bad ball in the box. Um, but, John, what, what's, what's your one or two things <clears throat> we need to improve on? Yeah, a couple of... Sillier things. Uh, first one is Wolfie to stop kicking the post because at some point when he kicks a post, he'll probably break his toe and be out for four weeks or something like that, you know. So that needs to stop. That's what something we're going to do because it's either through celebration or frustration. I worry when a player, because the boots are so thin, aren't they? If you catch that the wrong way, we don't need to, we don't want to lose somebody like Wolfie's statue in the team. Um, through a silly injury like that. So that's a bit of a daft one. But I guess it's similar to Mark in the sense of the um, the dirty part of the game, the, the dark arts, games management, game management. I thought that was so much better on Saturday than I've seen all season. Like, not just the penalty, just um, Jackson ran into the corner in the last few minutes when he could have had it. He could have gone for it, but actually it was better game management. I, th- I think that's something we could continue to build on. And I, I don't want to detract away from the f- take the early free kick, moving the ball, because that's how McKenna wants us to play, and it's great to watch. But sometimes just choose the moments when to do that and keep keep developing that um, game management. And I think having the partnership of the current partnership with Longo and Morsi together, there's two players who both know how to do that. So if Morsi is walking the the yellow card tightrope and he's in the referee's mouth as captain or uh, sorry as a captain maybe Longo has to go and do a bit of that and I think he's very capable of doing that so that's something um maybe what I would like to see is just a couple of as nice as the three nil four nil wins are maybe just like you know one of those one nil like do a chef wed occasionally you know maybe that's something we need to improve on when just grind out a result occasionally, even if we're not playing well. You know, at Bristol Rovers, we could have maybe just ground out a 1-0. Um, that would have been very different, wouldn't it? Um, but we are being really picky because we're doing well and we want to keep see all the good things happen and continue to happen. You know, I'm pleased with the, the squad being a little bit more settled. Mm. Um, and people like Broadhead have got into the stride and he's done so well i'm a big fan of him so far i really am i guess i would love to see him continue in that vein of form rather than being a um, oh he didn't he have a good month or didn't he have a good six weeks didn't he make a difference from signing in january to the end of the season you know keep that momentum building 
however that goes about. And I think McKenna's talks so well about the game, doesn't he? His post-match interviews I would delight to listen to. I'm really pleased that I was wrong. The very I spoke to Ross the day he was appointed, and I remember saying, I, I just don't know if he's got any charisma. I don't know if he's very interesting to listen to. But actually, God, he really knows his football. It's easy infectious by his knowledge. And so I, would, I think he's well-placed to keep us developing and keep us grounded. And maybe, do you know that little blip we had when it's not like we lost loads of games, but we suddenly drew too many games and didn't take our chances. Maybe that's grounded us all a little bit better. So we're not getting getting carried away. Because imagine if we were where we are. I'd rather be on the up where we are now than potentially where Plymouth are and going, oh God, it's about to fall apart. Imagine if if such are in Plymouth's position and then slipped. Imagine how people would be reacting. So maybe we've had our little, let's just keep our feet on the ground. Let's be steady. Let's take the cliche of each game at a time and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's maybe about getting better at just managing that and our expectations more. Definitely, definitely. Of course, yeah, pressure is on Plymouth, but of course, there's still pressure on us because of the money we've spent and the squad we've got. Um, well, boys, let's go into the Shrewsbury, but I'll say Sheffield Wednesday game. We've played them already. Um, they're top of the league and all that. Um, but Shrewsbury Town come the Portland Road. Um, Steve Cottrell has done a very good job there. Ninth in League One. Dark horses this campaign. Made some good signings. Um, Mark, what's your overall thoughts on this one? Uh, we beat them 3-0 back at their place back in August, but they've They've done well this campaign. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think everyone kind of stood up and took notice with Shrewsbury early on in the season when you know they brought in a couple of lads from Coventry who people were kind of surprised to see end up at Shrewsbury. Um, and Steve Cottrell, for all his faults, is a very good League One manager. Um, not the flashiest, and he never will be, but he knows how to get out of the division. I think when he was at Bristol City, he won it with over 100 points, I think, which... You know, it's testament to the work he can do. Um, you know, they've, they've been on a hell of a run since the turn of the year, I think. And I don't think they'll be quite enough. They're kind of a little bit like we were, where maybe they just haven't got quite enough to get there because they've got a little bit of chasing to do. But they'll be well up for it. Um, you know, it's a good opportunity for them. I think they would be happy with probably a point here, but they're going to need more than that if they want to try and breach the playoffs. Um I think they're very adept from set pieces from what I've seen. Um, I think they're top scorers from set pieces in the country, I think. But they have had six penalties in there, which kind of skews that a little bit, I think. But um, no, it's going to be a tough game. Um, I think tough. I think it's one of them games that could, could go e- either way, really, in which we find it tough and they, they grind it out, a bit like Lincoln did, where they make it really difficult. On the other side of things, if we get a quick goal, I could see us really turning them over. It could go either way. And, you know, like we did when we went to their place, you know, I don't know if Che Dunkley has recovered from John Jules putting him on his ass, but, um, you know, they seem to have picked up defensively. And, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough afternoon for us. But like we keep on saying, it's, it's got to be full focus on that. And I know from listening to Kieran McKenna, he's going to be fully focused and he'll have a game plan. I'm, I reckon there'll be a few changes, maybe afoot to try and combat how they're going to play. But um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see come Saturday how how it all goes. Yeah, indeed. Um, John, your thoughts on Shrewsbury as a team? Um, as Mark said, I've got Luke Lee, who's their captain, who's their top goal scorer. But overall, he's actually scored eight penalties out of the eleven goals he's scored in all competitions. So if they get a penalty, he'll be a main man. But Christian Walton has saved couple of penalties this season. Um, but yeah, a team who, on the road, they've not got a bad little form, but I'm sure they'll be coming to Portland Road looking to cause an upset. Yeah, in some ways, the fact that they've got something to play for and they're going for the playoffs might suit us because they might go, oh, we really need to close the gap. Have a go. I'm not sure a point's going to be enough for them, you know. So the fact that they might go for it a little bit more than some teams have a Portman Road. Hopefully, we'll work in our favour um, because we all know that we're better uh, against teams who are maybe a bit more expansive trying to play football because it leaves a bit more gaps for us to exploit. But it sounds really cliched, 
but we've got to go out and try to win that game. You know, if we've got any ambition of going in the top two or even keep the momentum going, we should be trying to win our home games, clearly. And we obviously will always try to win our home games in every game, but it's a game on paper you want, want us to win. So I'm sure it'll be hard work, but a, a fast start or an early goal, and something flying off somebody's backside or um, a dodgy penalty decision in our favour, anything, just let's, you know, let's start well, let's take keep that momentum going. Because I think if we got an early goal or if we got the first goal, I think that will be enough to kind of break their resistance a little bit. But it's obviously going to be a tough game. Uh, if we're going for predictions, I'm just going to go for a 2-0. I'm not going to get carried away. I'm going to go 2-0 town. I'm a cliche. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let's go for Broadhead to score. And I think it's going to be Big Fred because I think he might get the nod. I think Big Fred might get the nod, even though I thought Hurst had a great game on um, Saturday. Um, Freddie's still a good player, isn't he? And, he? and he works hard. I think Freddie's a better starter than he is a sub. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the only area of the pitch that is probably, if, if we were all picking our starting 11, if we were in the Wembley, you know, if we had one game to get promotion, automatic or one game if it was a Wembley final, I think right now we would all pick the same team with of who's fit. And the only 50-50 would probably be that centre-forward spot. I think we'd all, you know, we know our keeper, we know our back four, we, we know uh, as much as JD's never let us down, he'll probably be on the bench, etc. The one goes, made that starting berth alongside Morsi. Broadhead is there for his, you know, merit. Chapman has to start every game for me if he's fit. Wes is probably there and that and Caden's not far behind him, but good old, isn't that great that Jackson's pushing Wes on and Wes had a, a, a great ball for Hurst to score. I think Hurst is probably McKenna's preferred option when the, the dynamic's right. It's probably like 55 to 45 or 60, 40 in Hurst's favour. But I think McKenna's really good at managing the squad and managing players and keeping them interested and keeping them, you know, who, who knows? Is Carl, uh, the real Eduardo going to suddenly um, um, be starting and, you know, have a curveball in there? I don't think there'll be too many changes, but it's only probably Big Fred or Hurst that is the, the main debate, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely. I'll bring you in now there, Mark Beck. Take off the Freddie Ladapo hat. Talk about the strikers then. George Hurst has been fantastic the last few games. A good game, of course, on Saturday at Bolton. Scored his first league goal. Um, what's your thoughts on, on that position? Um, I think the competition's good, really. Um, and I think I'm more than happy to see the start, to be fair, as much as I love Freddie. Um, I think that was the problem we kind of had for a little while with, you know, I feel for the lad, but I've never, I never rated a me from the moment he stepped you know, he started playing for us. I thought he just never looked quite up to it, and I don't know if he'll ever, whether he'll ever play for us again. I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But um, that was always a difficulty. As he's got broad shoulders, but um, Freddie had to shoulder a lot of responsibility and burden. I think we're probably seeing that a little bit now that he's got a bit of freedom. He's probably thriving a little bit from having that competition from from Hurst. Um, I mean, I can't say speak highly enough of her skull on Saturday. I think it's probably we've seen a lot of free kicks this season, which have probably stole the limelight. But for me, as a pure striker's goal, that that's probably you can't ask for much more. It's a, a brilliant goal. Um, you know, probably one of the best goals I've seen from a striker for us from a number of years, to be honest. So hopefully that'll be the catalyst for for him to go. But um, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, completely agree with John. I think Freddie is better as a starter. Obviously, he's had a few big moments when he's come off the bench. Portsmouth, Charlton should have been his moment. I had that Celine Dion Titanic music all set up for that goal there. But, yeah, we buggered that up, didn't we? But, um, no, I think you kind of want Hurst to keep finding this momentum now because we'll need it. But, like I said, I'm happy to see the start. Um I might as well get my prediction in as well as we've got it here. I'll go for some bolder stuff. I'm going to say, so it'll be 1 0. Marcus Harness is going to finally break his drought mm. from the bench. 
And there's going to be a red card for Shrewsbury. Ooh. Who are you giving it to? One of the centre-halves. Okay. So I think it'll be Pennington, Dunkley or Flanagan usually, Flanagan, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So one of them will get sent off. Ooh, hot takes. I like it. I like it. And um, as John John said, you wanted some more 1-0 wins. There's that one right there. Harness off the bench. A score. Let's be fair. Um, we'll all take just three points. It doesn't really matter how how, how the performance is. Because like, the momentum is getting three points. The other team's looking at us, feeling the pressure. It's the three points that counts now. It's, I, I feel like I'm speaking in loads of cliches. Officially, the 10 game running it's like kind of you know really important that it doesn't matter how you play it's just getting points on the board you know that's what it is and the points on the board so one nil three nil five nil doesn't matter let's just do it yes indeed bring it on well boys it's been a pleasure um and have a good podcast we're getting to the hour mark always the perfect um, time limit for these podcasts but as always any other business um, I'm going to quickly mention um, some sad news uh, before I go over to Mark and John for any business um, John Kerr um, sadly passed away a former chairman of the football club um, first became a board member back in 1983 uh, took over as town chairman in 1991 um, of course Patrick Cobbold decision to step down and of course John was there when we were in the Premier League for the first time um, so some sad news there, thoughts to his family and friends and I'm sure teammates and players who played under him as a chairman. Um, so there there we go. Um, but over to you, Mark. Um, any other business from yourself? Um, no, I don't think there is, mate. I think we're all we're all cushy, a bit like our season at the minute. Um, whether I'm on between now and the, the end of the season, all I'll say is just enjoy these last 10 games. It's nice to actually have something to play for. Give it your older boys are going to need you as much as we need them to to perform. So I know the town, the Blue Army will turn up in their numbers. You've got to turn up in good voice as well. So yeah, however this end of the season goes, just enjoy it. Really, it's, it's nice to be involved. I still remember, um, you know, post uh, pre-COVID going to Wimbledon. It was nil nil, turgid dross that was. So you know, it's nice to. Even if we are, our hearts are broken at the end, it'll, it'll be a memorable season for one reason or another, rather than just a unmemorable one. But yeah, no, thanks for having us on again, Ross. And yeah, look forward to chatting to you again soon. Indeed. Always a pleasure, my friend. And over to you then, John Watson. Any other business? Um, well, thanks for having me on. Good to see you and good to have um, chat with Mark as always. Enjoy his company and his input. Um, I guess the only thing I want to throwing as any other businesses um a couple of people shared yesterday the amazing um motivational um speech or moment from gareth ainsworth at qpr now obviously this is a podcast i'm not going to spoil it but if you haven't seen the motivational speech uh, the snippet of ainsworth talking to the qpr squad and then his surprise guest and then the faces of the QPR squad while the surprise guest was doing their motivation, it is well worth a watch. And I just, I was having a, a, a bit of a rubbish day and I checked my phone and somebody saw that and it just brightened my day up. So if you have one of those moments, do check it out because it just, it, it's just odd and surreal and funny and, and yeah, wacky. So yeah, check that out. I'm sure, I'm sure we can put it in, um, in the chat when this goes out on Twitter, we can put the, one of the links in there or something if you haven't seen it. But that's just a daft any other business. But yeah, echo what Mark says. You know, let's enjoy this this special run and let's remember we're going to finish in the top six regardless. We got a chance to finish in the top two um, this time last season. Well, we were hopeful, but we slipped out. You know, we were nowhere near really, were we? So let's keep it going. Let's enjoy it and let's let's. Let's cheer the boys on. So come on, you blues. Love it, my friend. Up the town. Um, well, thanks, um, Mark and John, for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another Kings of Anglia fan social. Uh, now it's my attempt to do an outro, which always ends in just shambolic fashion. Um, but as always, big shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped and Ginger Pickle, the goat of uh, marketing, SEO, and all that sort of stuff. And Manscaped, use the code Coway to get 20% off and free delivery at checkout. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Follow us on all the socials. 
on Kings of Anglia. Follow good old John Watson and Mark Beck on Twitter as well if you want to hear from them. Um, and if you want to get involved in future podcasts, game day, other videos, get in contact with me at Ross Mini UK. Always to get some great to get more voices heard as we get into the running for this big season in League One. Uh, once again, enjoy the game if you're not. If you're not, follow the game. Um, no, wait. It's, it's going so well, well Ross. It's it going so well. so well, and you just pulled oh. at the last hurdle. That didn't even make sense. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now.